Welcome to What Do You Need to Know About God in Today's World? Today, I want to discuss things that are being normalized in our culture that have formerly been taboo. And also, what is God's view of these issues? The majority of these issues are being promoted by a progressive agenda headlined by Democrats, elitist groups, and those on the left. And it's hard to ignore these dramatic, catastrophic changes because they're normalizing behaviors, most of which are contrary to the Word of God and our traditional values and morals. So I want to outline and bullet point these issues because they are causing almost irreparable harm to the stability of our nation, and they affect all of us. This is a two-part podcast, so let's begin with part one. One of the first things they are normalizing is outright lies. The mainstream media, big tech, and the left are seemingly collaborating to push misinformation with the intent of creating propaganda news. Daily, they all lead with the same narrative and then label everything else conspiracy theories. Even their fact checkers engage in this activity, so you can't trust them either. Here are some news stories that they reported to be accurate, but have been proven to be false. First of all, most of what they reported to you about Trump was untrue. The award-winning nonpartisan journalist Cheryl Atkinson has written an article detailing a list of 132 media-reported stories regarding Trump, which all turn out to be false. Check it out for yourself. But these false reports include the Russians' collusion hoax, the Russians putting bounties on American soldiers, the story about Trump demanding Georgia Secretary of State define fraud in the election, when Trump said that they would find dishonesty, or the story that reported that Trump had protesters tear gas so he could have a photo op with the Bible, when actually it's reported to have been the mayor of D.C. and the D.C. police who cleared the area with tear gas for work to be done on a nearby fence, and Trump's statements that hydroxychloroquine was effective against COVID and the lab leak version of COVID origin versus natural origins have also been proven true, even though the media mock these stories and label them false. And here are other false and misleading reports from the media that have been debunked. They misled the public saying that the Capitol policeman that died in the January riot was beaten over the head with a fire extinguisher. But that never happened, and the medical examiner determined that he suffered strokes and died of natural causes. And yes, that was tragic, but the media never retracted the story, and to this day, many of them still report the lie that the protesters killed the policeman. They also told you that Asian Americans were victims of white supremacists until conservative outlets exposed the fact that the perpetrators of these crimes against Asians were black. Then they stop reporting on these stories. There are many more reports that mainstream media and big tech distort and often outright lies about, and they will continue to normalize this information and lies as long as they have an audience who will entertain their propaganda. But the real story here is the media and big tech appear to be colluding to present propaganda news to its audience making our news market eerily resemble that of communist China who monitors and manufactures its news and then feeds it to its masses. So unfortunately for us here in America, gone are the days when you can get unbiased, just the facts news. Instead, these false news stories and reports appear to validate that much of what the media and big tech reports to you comes with this warning and disclaimer. 
The following report is probably fake news. Watch and believe it at your own peril. Now let's look at other things that they are normalizing in our culture. They are normalizing voter fraud. They want you to think it's controversial to clean up voter rolls and remove non-citizens and think that it's racist to ask for an ID to vote, even though ID is required for virtually all business that we conduct in our society to drive, buy alcohol, fly, get welfare or government benefits, etc. So when it comes to an important right such as voting, it's imperative to require ID to validate the authenticity of the person and the vote and to prevent voter fraud and ensure we have fair, accurate elections and transparency in those elections. And it's insulting to insist that black people are incapable of obtaining some type of ID. Furthermore, virtually all countries require voter ID, including third world countries. And historically, this country has upheld voter ID laws until recently when the pandemic hit and the Democrats dramatically altered the voting process instituting massive mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, unattended drop boxes, and more. And now with their HR1 bill and under the pretense of making voting easier, they're trying to federalize all these types of policies because these things makes it easier to cheat in elections. But if we want honest elections and election integrity, then we must reject these proposals and demand voter ID and verification and support transparency and the auditing of any election results. And it's only those who have something to hide and or who have a desire to cheat that oppose these verification practices. Furthermore, when this, when this administration and the Democrats began to try to compare voter integrity to Jim Crow laws, they need to remember that they, not Republicans, are the party who instituted and executed Jim Crow laws against voting rights. So it's okay to make voting easier as long as you're not making it easier to cheat because voters want secure, transparent elections. Next, they're normalizing, attacking their political opponents. The left has resorted to demonizing their opponents rather than making substantial arguments for their agenda. This name-calling is simply a tactic to make their opponents out to be villains instead of individuals with a different point of view. But any schoolyard kid can call names. Meanwhile, the rest of us adults are waiting for Democrats to stop the vilification tactic, leave the name-calling to the schoolyard kids, and get to the table and engage in debates with their opponents to come up with viable solutions to our nation's numerous problems. And all the real adults can stand up and realize that as our elected leaders, you were elected to be problem solvers. So bring your ideas to the table and not your schoolyard antics. That brings us to the next concept progressives have normalized, which is they've created a two-tiered political system where conservatives and those on the right are targeted, harassed, persecuted, and punished while those with left-leaning views are immune and protected from punitive measures. First of all, we witnessed this unequal justice between the left's BLM and Antifa supporters versus Trump supporters. For example, during the pandemic, every Trump rally was labeled a super spreader. But when BLM and Antifa rioted on the streets for months, 
there were never any references to those riots as being super spreaders. Also, when these leftist groups went on a destructive violent rampage for months, destroying federal buildings, assaulting citizens, federal officers, and policemen, causing numerous deaths, even the death of a policeman, there was no prosecution, and if they were arrested at all, they were bailed out of jail, even by our politicians. While Trump supporters at the Capitol riots have been rounded up by agents, denied bail, allegedly beaten, and while some are guilty of violent acts, others are imprisoned in solitary confinement without due process, even though they neither destroyed anything or killed anyone, and most were simply trespassing, and they're being treated like political prisoners, and many of them are members of our military. Furthermore, we also see this unequal justice as Trump and anyone associated with him like Flynn, Stone, Giuliani, his organization's attorneys, and even citizens associated with the Make America Great Again campaign are constantly harassed, investigated, charged, placed in jail, while those politicians and their affiliates on the left are given passes and rarely investigated. Though for years they have been involved in numerous scandals, and alleged crimes. Yes, justice used to be blind, and we never resorted to persecuting our political opponents and their constituents simply because we disagree with them or dislike them and their views until now. Now, there is total disdain for Trump and any of his followers, and this has become acceptable to the left. But normalizing unequal justice and the demonization and persecution of one's political opponents is also a practice only common in communistic or third world countries, putting America on par with authoritarian regimes. So right now, justice is completely off the rails and the scales are egregiously unbalanced against political opponents in America. This is abnormal and we should all be requiring that the scales of justice in America be balanced once again. Next, they are normalizing murder and killing. They have long normalized abortion and the killing of innocent babies, as that is a proud part of the left and the democratic platform as they claim, it's my body, my choice. But God says in Ezekiel 18.4, all souls are mine. Therefore, our bodies do not belong to us, but to God, and so does that unborn child. And there is nothing normal about killing your most vulnerable citizens. And like God, we should always strive to protect the life of the unborn. Roe v. Wade might be the law of the land and of man, but it is not the law of God who says, do not kill. Now, in the same vein, they are normalizing killing, anarchy, and crime. Crime and violence are surging, stemming from the recent actions of those on the left. First of all, they normalize anarchy and violence by allowing BLM and Antifa to violently ravage the country for months with little to no accountability and repercussions. Next, their calls to defund the police and remove funding and their lack of support for the police resulted in a huge backlash with many policemen retiring or leaving the field and few recruits, all contributing to the crime surge. And third, the left is appointing prosecutors in blue states 
who are crafting lax laws that release violent criminals back into the streets, halting prosecution of crimes such as shoplifting and not allowing chase and pursuits. All policies which have emboldened criminals and caused overall crime to skyrocket, putting the lives of every citizen at risk, especially in minority neighborhoods. But these deliberate lax crime policies are indifferent to the safety of the people and their communities, and they seem to be designed to push this surge in crime because it gives the left leverage and the pretext to federalize the police and expand government power over citizens and to enact gun control laws. But people don't want a bureaucratic, federalized police state. They want their local police supported and equipped to bring crime under control and to enforce laws to ensure safety. Because no one benefits by softening crime laws and by allowing criminals back onto the streets. Yes, humanely, we should attempt to rehabilitate criminals, but there must be sufficient consequences and punishment for perpetrators and criminals in order to deter crime. And the safety of citizens should be our top priority. Therefore, crime reduction is the goal, not a federalized police state. And from our babies in the womb to our kids in the streets, let's do all that we can to preserve their lives and keep them safe. They're normalizing mandating medical practices like getting vaccines. I'm not anti-vaccine, and I think it's okay for the government to encourage medical practices like vaccines, but not mandate, because I believe medical decisions about a person's health should be between them and their physician. Having said that, I also believe that our government is playing political games regarding the vaccine. Because while they are attempting to force and mandate the vaccine on every citizen, including children, they are allowing illegal aliens and their children to enter the country in record numbers with no vaccine or records of vaccinations and allowing them to disappear in our country. So in my opinion, this contradiction indicates our government truly isn't concerned about the safety of its citizens else it would halt the mass invasion across our borders. Which brings me to our next point, which is they're normalizing illegal immigration. I discussed this in great depth in a previous podcast, so all I will say here is our border is out of control with this administration's open borders and illegal immigration policies. And we all need to hold our government officials accountable to defend our borders and country and enforce our immigration laws. They are normalizing sexual deviance. They are promoting sexual deviance with sexually explicit entertainment and borderline pornography on primetime TV, talk and entertainment shows, and so-called news programs. They are promoting transgenderism and sexually suggestive content even in our school curriculum geared towards children of very young ages such as four and five-year-olds. Even supposedly kid-friendly stations such as PBS and Nickelodeon are airing this type of content marketed toward our young kids who have no sexual proclivity nor filters to determine appropriate sexual activity. So why are they trying to stimulate sexual urges in kids that are only intended for consenting adults? 
The overt sexualization of our society and our children is not normal. Such sexual activity and adult entertainment should be confined between adults and adult audiences and kept away from our children. Yet the left is treating this subject like it's crucial and that we and our children must be inundated and indoctrinated with it daily. Now the Bible is clear. God says there is male and female and he commands us to abide by this law. But even God doesn't force his laws on us. Instead, he allows men to make their own choices and he deals with us individually in regards to consequences. So if adults decide that this is what they want to do, then that is their private business. But it's unethical to coerce all society to acquiesce and accept man's rendition of gender rules and especially indoctrinate our children with this agenda. And if we don't protect our children and draw the line at them being sexualized, then we are doomed as a society. Instead, we need to stand strong on this issue and make the innocence of our children paramount and free from sexual indoctrination. They are normalizing a weakened military as they focus more on cultural diversity and equity versus qualification and merit. There's nothing wrong with trying to diversify But it is when diversity becomes the main criteria for recruitment at the expense of qualifications, a trend that appears to be occurring in our military recruitment now. But I guarantee you in the military, when our service members are out in the field, their major concern is not what's your race, sexual orientation, or sexual preference, but rather, are you qualified to do the job? Because believe me, Our adversaries are positioning themselves to be well-equipped and trained to be an indomitable force to reckon with. And they won't be enamored with how diverse our fighting regiments are. Our military is strongest when it sticks to the basics of, can you survive and pass every grueling drill and rigorous test that qualifies you to be a member of the greatest military in the world? That is how we became the greatest and how we will remain the greatest, not by how diverse we are. Now, I want to end this podcast here and pick up with part two later. But for now, understand this. The media, the Democrats, and the progressives are normalizing abnormal things that are undermining the stability of our nation. And they will never report these real stories but keep you distracted by focusing on their contrived narratives like supposed systemic racism, white supremacy, voter suppression, or January the 6th, all while our country is being destabilized. And we are at an inflection point. We can continue down this road of abnormalcy or salvage this great country that God has given us. So hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to us. You are straying from my word, but my plans will prevail. For Isaiah 46.10 testifies that the works of men are in vain, and that it is the counsel of the Lord that shall stand, and he will accomplish all his purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please don't forget to check out part two of this podcast. Be blessed in the Lord.